That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 234 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming from Sandusky, Ohio, and I appreciate you giving this episode a listen. This is the 10th of the 18 preview episodes for 2023, and in just a moment, I'm going to be joined by Quinn DeLuca from the Pressure Point podcast as we discuss and preview the club that he is mad for, the Richmond Tigers. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that if you are interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, drop me a note on one of my socials. You can find all of those linked over at my website, yankonthefooty.com. Uh, I spend most of the time on Twitter and Facebook, but yank underscore on on Twitter or a yank on the footy podcast on Facebook or just search out my name, Craig Wessels, on Facebook. And I love being able to share these uh, clubs uh, learning the geography of the uh, the game throughout the country as well, and just seeing the community and the camaraderie that the clubs basically provide to the different uh, areas that they are part of. Now, today's club of the episode is the Ocean Grove Football and Netball Club, and I love this nickname. The Grubbers were fo- founded back in 1964. I love that, the Grubbers. I just... Here in the United States, grubby means dirty, that sort of thing that you're, you know, so sounds to me like they tend to go home with uh, jumpers and shorts and need to spend a little bit of time soaking before they go into the laundry there. Uh, But they were founded in 1964 and they play their games at the Ray Menzies Memorial Oval and they are members of the Bellarine Football League. Now, they had a tremendous run between 1994 and 2003. They won eight premierships during that 10-year span with their senior side. And this is a club that was a jumping-off point for a couple of future AFL coaches in Brendan McCartney and Mark Neal, both of them who coached with the Grubbers before moving on to the AFL with, I believe, the Bulldogs and the D's, if I'm not mistaken. Now, training for this year is underway, and I Wish the Grubbers the absolute best this year. You know, I do hop on to Google Earth and look a little look a little bit at the town and the community and that sort of thing. It just looks like an absolutely beautiful location there, um, just south of Geelong, and uh, r- I mean, literally right along the water. Uh, so just looks like an absolutely gorgeous place to visit. But let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Quinn DeLuca from the Pressure Point Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another one of our preview episodes, and we are going to be previewing the Richmond Tigers, which unfortunately I didn't get to do last year, but I'm thrilled to be welcoming from the Pressure Point Podcast a Mad Tiger supporter, Quinn DeLuca. Quinn, welcome, sir. We've had a fun chat off air. Thanks for coming on today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Craig. It's uh, as yeah, it's fantastic to be on, and I'm glad to finally fill that role of Richmond supporter you've been looking for. Yeah, it's not. It's you know, I I wasn't sure if they you know if I had to actually you know have one of the uh, the dogs that got a pet membership to come on or whatever, and you know, but I'm sorry, <laughs> I kept that one in my back pocket. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say you told me you were done with the Richmond jabs, I, but there's another one. There we go. That's are. it. That is it. Yes, I, that is it. We're gonna so, have a lot of fun. I, um. I do, I do have a sticker on my van that says I support two clubs, Geelong and whoever's playing Hawthorne, although I don't necessarily mean it. But, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, we we had another, you know, good season for most clubs, but not 
up to recent Richmond standards. I mean, they, this was a season where I think they, you know, were expecting to have more success than they ultimately did have. But, uh, and as we mentioned right beforehand, you know, the, the, um, review at the, uh, at the game, you know, with Brisbane there, that is still something that people are not thrilled about. And, and, uh, you know, I, I tossed out what I thought would be a, a decent solution. And should, should we at least put that out here at the beginning and see what, you know, see what people think about this and if it's a dumb idea or not? 100%. Because oh, I think it's a brilliant idea. And yeah. um, considering like we just spoke right off there with you, the, all the money that they've got the AFL, you think they would put it towards as a solution or someone that could come up with a solution. I'll let you, I'll let you explain it because yeah, it's so your idea. I don't want to take credit. You know, my, my thought was that uh, this would be the first good idea I've ever had, but uh, you know, <laughs> what if they, what if they were able to attach some sort of a light to the top of the goalpost that projected that light upwards that you would be able to see you know, as the ball is passing nearby the top of the goal or the, the goalpost or above the goal, you'd be able to see that ball either piercing the 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 light going through it going around it on the left side the inside or the outside and help to determine whether it's a goal because you you're not going to have you know a hundred foot tall goalposts I mean that's not practical but you could put something on there that projected a beam of light up that would maybe give you a a digital extension of the goalpost that might help to solve that problem. One hundred percent. Well, I can't see how that wouldn't work and it's not it wouldn't it wouldn't be super um super costly. It, I think it, you could it could you know you could do that relatively cost effectively so i think it's a yeah fantastic idea and like i said i'm still uh still a little bit dirty on that review from late last year and i'm still i'm still waiting for the afl to show us the uh the hard evidence they've claimed they've got to show that the ball uh went through for behind i'm still waiting for it so you 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 might might not want to hold your breath on that because it's gonna be (laughs) you know i i believe that they have probably entrusted it to the same people here in the united states that are keeping the final secrets about who shot jfk (laughs) Um, I think they've gone into the same vault and they're going to be, they're going to be declassified in, let's see, it's 2023 now. Uh, The year 2257 is the year they're going to declassify it. So, you know, our great, well, your great, great grandchildren four times removed might know about it and they'll. I can only, I can only, I can only pray that they know about it one day. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. But they'll make the announcement in Brisbane. Uh... (laughs) So you know what? Maybe they'll do it at the Olympics there. I mean, that's a little soon. Why not? Yeah. Why not? What yeah. more, more, more perfect occasion to do it? So. Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, again, last year you got into the you know elimination final, didn't make it out of there with a with a call that was certainly questionable. Um. So you know, having won three of the previous four premierships at that point, yeah, I'm sorry, three of the previous five at that point in time. Um. Yeah. Still not an awful track record. I think that's something that that you know you as a Richmond supporter are going to look back on the rest of your life that that four year run where you're just going to go, you know, it can't get any better than this unless we win four in a row sometime. Hundred percent. And yeah. I think for the first or well, twenty one years of my life, I'm twenty six now. But for the first twenty one years, I didn't think I'd see one premiership. So to sit here now and look back and say I saw, yeah, you know, that four year span that we had of that. Mm-hmm dominant period in the three three flags it's uh i couldn't ask for anything better yeah it was it was a you know even as you know an, an, a supporter of another club you can't help but tip your cap at i mean they were a juggernaut you were just you know you're facing them you were in trouble because they were that dominant and you know you could certainly make the arguments that this past year 
things could have gone differently if the injury bug hadn't struck the way that it did. You know, you yeah. you, you, you you look at you know the fact that you lost Dusty Martin for a considerable amount of the season, and you know you wonder what what does a healthy and happy Dustin Martin bring to the club in 2023? You know, is he still the Dusty of three years ago? Or is he not? And again, I don't know the answer to that at all. But uh, you know, you might have some insight on that. Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm watching all the preseason videos. I'm getting some feedback from people that have attended the training sessions, and mm-hmm. he seems to be completely rejuvenated from what we saw last year. And I don't think he'll be that Dustin Martin from 2017, 2018. I think age has probably caught up with him in that sense. But if we play him as that more more forward to, for uh, more time in the forward line, sorry, mm-hmm. yeah, I think. We're going to see a bit of a rejuvenated Dustin Martin. I think he's going to be back to near his best, which I think compared to the rest of the competition is, is still very, very good. Well, you ha- you've you got, you know, you've got Lynch and Rewalt and Martin and Bolton in your front line. Mm. That's, that's going to cause a few defensive coaches to, to bring upon a few more gray hairs that week of <laughs> training before they're getting ready to play them. I mean, that's, that is, you know, even though you got a couple of them on the older side, that is still a dangerous, dangerous forward line. Oh, absolutely. And that's why um, I'm, I'm super confident with our forward line going into this year, especially now we've got Tim Taranto we brought in from the Giants. He'll play a lot of midfield time, but when he rolls forward, he's another dangerous option. We've got Noah Cumberland. Um, he, he came into the side last year late and he started, had some dominating performances. He kicked six against Brisbane and maybe his third game from memory it might have been. So We've got some uh, really exciting prospects in our forward line. Um, and I just, yeah, I can't wait to see us start putting them on the board next year or this year, sorry. So is is he who you're most excited about? Or what what has what has you just like, come on, let's get here. Let's get here. You know, March March 16th, I think, is the first game, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's, get, yeah let's, let's get here March 16th. What 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 has got you just chomping at the bit? You cannot wait to get that going on the ground. I think the thing I want to see the most is either a Dustin Martin goal because nothing nothing quite like it revs the Richmond crowd up than when Dustin Martin kicks a goal. But I think the biggest one for me would have to be Morris Rioli Jr. with mm-hmm. a chase down tackle. Just that when it whenever it happened like like last year, you'd be watching, you'd see him sprint out of nowhere. He's so quick and he'd tackle someone from behind, drag him down, holding the ball. It was electric. And I can't wait to see him uh, back at it again, which might be a bit of a niche one. I know a lot of people probably looking forward to Taranto and Hopper and Bolton and these bigger stars, but I'm, I can't wait to see Morris Rioli Jr. out there again. Well, I, I do have to say that Bolton helped to carry my super coach team last year. He really helped me out an awful lot. Uh, <laughs> it was, you can imagine. Yeah, and I don't I don't have him in my side yet this year, so maybe I'll have to figure out how to get how to get him in there. So I actually went for some of the, some younger guys this year. But um, what are you expecting for this year when you look at the the great grand scheme of things? You know, you're I'm I'm assuming you're expecting finals, of course, this year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, a lot of people were saying one of the reasons why we did lose a lot of these closer games last year and the reason why we'd struggle at times is, well, with someone like Dion Prestia would get injured, which he did a few times last year with his hamstrings, we looked lost in the midfield and we couldn't win centre clearances and things like that. So I think now with Taranto and Hopper in the side, that's our way of saying we've covered these areas there are no more gaps in our lists. And I, I'm expecting, I expect us to at least make a prelim. I'd be a little bit disappointed if we didn't get to a, a prelim, especially being probably a lot of players last seasons, like Cochin, Jack Rewalt. A lot of these guys are on their last legs. Right, right. Um, and I'd want to see them. Yeah, I want, I want to see us at least get to a prelim. 
Well, but the competition's and, and, out even. It's going to be a very hard thing to do. Oh, yeah. I think it is absolutely going to be. And and again, with Prestia, you know, maybe things turn out a little bit different if Tom Stewart doesn't have a brain fade last year. I mean, that was just, <laughs> yeah. that was just a dumb move on his part. And, and he paid dearly for it. You know, yeah, but, absolutely. Uh, and I think yeah. the thing with Tom Stewart that hit there was he's not that type of player. And we've seen that over his career. And he looks so apologetic. And he, he was afterwards. So it was a, it was definitely, like you said, a, a big yeah. brain fade. But yeah. exactly right. If that doesn't happen, you know, who knows? Who yeah. knows with Preston? Yeah, maybe, so. maybe, you know, and I, I, I guess, you know, I actually want to go back and I want to look and see um, how things turned out lastly. See, last year, that would have been round 15. Cause you went, you know, you know, cause you went on the next week, you beat, you beat the Eagles the next week and you lost by two to the Suns. You lost by, you lost by four to the Ruse the week after that. And you, you drew level with the Dockers the week after that. So, I mean, you get one more win there, you know, maybe it changes the structure of finals. So, Absolutely. you know, it was, it was a heartbreaking stretch. It was a yeah. heartbreaking stretch of games. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I don't know if, if all of that can be attributed to his absence from the lineup, but, it certainly didn't help not having him there. It, make, it makes a big difference. And like I said, we, we looked we looked shocked in the midfield when he's not there because mm-hmm. he's that prolific ball winner. So I'm hoping now with these inclusions we've brought in um, and hopefully it takes a bit of the pressure off him himself as well, it's, it, uh, it'll uh, help us out a lot. So you're hoping for at least a prelim, but who are you the most excited about seeing? Who Who is it, you know, that – is it Maurice Rioli? Is that is – that- the yeah, I feel like he's the excitement. He, he brings that excitement and electricity to our team. I'm really excited to see him. But I mean, it, it is hard to look past probably a couple our two new recruits in Jacob Popper and Tim Taranto. I'm excited right. to see what difference they make to our side. And is the hype all around them worth it? Is it you know is it going to be is it going to be paid off? So because I think it's cost us a lot. Seven year deals are on big contracts. Um, yeah, it'll be good to see if it, if it's all comes to fruition and it's worth it so for me it's those two boys i think yeah and and you got and you guys get to play them at in sydney this year so they get to go home and or get, go back to sydney and uh i don't know face the wrath of all four spectators in the stands <laughs> oh, yeah. how many people are there i don't know how many people will be there but they're not drawn not they're not drawn a whole heck of a lot unfortunately but uh you know those folks who are showing up are passionate about it to be you know, it's, let's hope oh. that their let's hope their crowds grow. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I think they will. I think they'll grow eventually. It is hard being in that sort of that part of Australia and Western Sydney there, where rugby is a dominating sport. Mm-hmm. So, they will get some bigger fans. I mean, I saw come grand final time in 2019 when Richmond played them, mm-hmm. just Melbourne. There was a, all of a sudden out of the woodworks. So there was a lot of GWS supporters coming around. So I think once they start getting a bit more success, um, there'll be more supporters. But for now, I'll uh, I'll happily play against their four supporters in the crowd. Yeah. Now, were those were those actually Carlton supporters that wanted nothing to do with Richmond winning a game? Most likely, yeah. Okay. Most likely. <laughs> okay. And I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure at the time they were cruising around bottom of the ladder too, Carlton. So they were, they would have clung onto anything with a bit of success <laughs> at the time. So, okay. So, um, what what are you looking at? You know, what signs are you going to be looking for to to let you know that maybe things aren't going as well as you were hoping? What are what are the 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 mile markers or the kilometer markers that you would find on the side of the highway? They're going to let you know. Okay, we got some real issues going on right now. Yeah, I think. Well, I think the midfield again is probably our big one. We still can't seem to win center clearances, and 
get the footy forward that way, I think that's going to be a big indicator for us because that was the issue last year. So if I don't see improvement there, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna see where our growth will come from because our forward line I think is pretty sound. And we were the second highest scoring team in the comp last year. So I'm not too worried about the forward line. The back line, I mean, when Dylan Grimes isn't injured, it's normally pretty good, pretty solid. So I'm happy with how that's shaped up. Um, so, yeah, for me, it'll be the midfield. If we aren't winning center clearances or around the grand clearances, that'll start to concern me a fair bit. Okay. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, and it, you've got, you know, you, you guys, the Cats, um, West Coast, I, if I'm not mistaken, they're probably the three most senior sides in the comp in terms of you know yeah. age profile they're they're up there towards the top and i and i still feel i still feel you know silly you know referring to clubs as old as old when all of the old players on the clubs are young enough to be my children uh it's just it's just that's one of the things that i just i think they're not old it, it maybe for footy but they're you know they still got generations to go yet but uh it's it's a uh yeah, this is a club that if everything clicks for them, there's no reason they can't be back in the top four again this year. There's no reason yeah. at all. And it's and again, it's that if if everything goes well, you know, if Dusty stays healthy, and again that you know that that injury he had last year was a was a bit of a a fluke, you know. And I, it's just you know, it, hopefully that sort of thing doesn't happen again. You know, hopefully, hopefully everybody. I would love to see nobody get injured and just have you know, let the best team win based upon their best 22 or 23 playing throughout the entire season. You know, That's the dream scenario, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No excuses absolutely. that way either. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, uh, you know, are you, are you excited about plugging in the youth of Toronto and Hopper into your, into your side? I mean, is that, is that yeah, exactly, absolutely. What you, exactly what you needed? I think so. Yeah. Because like, well, I mean, we've got a few younger midfielders as well that are up and coming, but maybe a little bit too young where I think these guys with that perfect age bracket where they've got enough experience where they're not developing as such, but they're also not on the wrong side of, you know, 25, 26, and they're mm-hmm. heading towards 30 where they're probably only got a couple of seasons left. So I think these guys alongside Shea Bolton now is doing great things. And then our younger guys as well, they're going to really help mentor these guys and grow them. So hopefully keep us um, in and around the mark for the next few seasons. But for this year, especially, I think it's going to be a great inclusion. Yeah. I, th- I think it's, you know, you know, they're coming from a, a side that has had, you know, last year was not a great year for them, but they've had a lot of success the last few years. Um, you know, GWS has played pretty solid footy. And yeah. and who, who knows, you know, if, if you know, Toby Green doesn't have a brain fade at the end of the previous year, do they have a different year this last year? Because he missed the first, what, half dozen games, I think? He didn't play till round seven, I don't think. No, he didn't. Yeah, and yeah. he missed the first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's, yeah, there's... I don't know. Is selfishness the right word to describe for you know doing some of the dumb things that he's done? It would be yeah. It would be one of the words I would use because I, I understand if it, like with Tom Stewart, it's happened once. Right, right. That's not selfish. That's a brain fade. But I think when it continues to happen over the course of his career, selfish has to be one of the words you'd probably use because he's not thinking about his teammates and the team. And it's happened with in finals as well that arguably would have been different if Toby Green was on the ground. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I have to agree. I think it's probably the word to use. Okay. So, you know, we kind of alluded to it, but you know, you know, Dusty coming back healthy is just going to be, I think a a huge morale booster for the side because he's been, you know, as good as Tom Lynch has been as good as Jack Rewalt has been throughout their careers and Lynch, especially now that he's, you know, he's moved over to, uh, you know, to Richmond quite often. It's, it's been 
Dustin Martin, who has snuck off to the phone booth and pulled off the shirt and tie and had the Superman costume underneath and just come on and taken over games. And, you know, having him back out there, I think it's, it's got to just be a morale booster, you know, for the, for the whole side realize. And again, as you said, he may not be the dusty of old, but even the dusty of the present day is better than an awful lot of other players. Uh, that's the thing. And I, I, I'm still a firm believer of Dustin Martin could be out there and have three possessions and not have much of an impact. But I think the impact that he has on his teammates, just knowing he's out there mm-hmm. um, is, is big enough in itself. Cause he just exudes, he, yeah, he exudes confidence himself and he, in the, his teammates around him sort of have that same effect. And I noticed that when he came back from injury earlier last year, for his first game. And everyone just seems so much more up and about knowing they're playing alongside him again. So I think he can have little impact on the ground himself personally, but what he does to his teammates is uh, a massive impact. Now, who do you think is going to be the biggest uh, subtraction from the club that's not there anymore? You know, yeah. and again, not, you know, a couple of huge names, you know, Shane Edwards retiring, you know, Kane Lambert retiring, you know, Josh Caddy retiring. Uh, Jake Arts was, yeah, was delisted. And, and that was a name I was kind of surprised that he got, set on his way out because I'd, I'd seen him out there an awful lot. I'd see that name, you know, an awful lot in, you know, on the, on the 22 for, for games, but who's going to be the biggest name that's not there now, do you think? Um, well, it's probably hard to look past either Shane Edwards or Kane Lambert. I think Kane Lambert will, he was unlucky and we were really unlucky not to see a lot of him last year with his injuries. I think what he did for our side when he was there is he would, allow players like Dustin Martin and Dion Prestia to get to work and do their thing a lot better than the role that he would play. So I think he's going to be a big one, big one for us. And Sydney Stack's another one that got delisted and obviously right. wasn't really playing over the last couple of years, but I was excited to see what he would do if he got back to his best. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to get to see that now, unfortunately. So that's another one for me, but I'm probably going to say Kane Lambert is okay. mine, which is hard because I love Shane Edwards and what he brought to our side. But I think Kane Lambert for the role that he played, and the way that it affected our side, it's probably, probably going to miss him the most next year. Okay. And, year. and as you were mentioning, you know, players that you think might be on their last, their last year, of course, you know, you've got, you know, Trent Cotchins on his, you know, off contract this year, Jack Rewald is off contract at the end of this year. You know, you've got, uh, you know, a number of names that are, that are going to need to be re-signed, you know, Noah Balta, Castagna, um, you know, kid who is, I think in the running for the best mullet in the game, in Hugo Ralph Smith, I think you know he has come on and, and played some really good footy when he's gotten opportunities. You know he he's I think he's done a really decent job for the side when he's had to get in there. I love I love what Hugo Ralph Smith has brought to our team. He's he's his speed as well is next to none, and he's he's got a really good um, shot on goal. I've noticed for a backman as well. He goes forward and he has kicked a couple of goals when he needs mm-hmm. to. So. Yeah, I, I absolutely love what I see from him. And like you said, these other blokes on their last legs, it, it'll be interesting to see how they go. I think we're trying Cochin as a little bit more of a forward this year, which will be interesting to see because I've never pictured him playing anywhere else other than the midfield. But apparently we had a scratch match a few days ago um, up at Pun Road and Cochin took a couple of pack marks and kicked four goals. So hopefully that's a good sign to come. But um, yeah, I'm probably going to be more focused, like you said, on these younger kids like yeah. Hugo Ralph Smiths and things like that because they're the, they're the future of the club. Yeah, because there's there's eight players that are on the the north side of thirty right now, and Nathan Broad will be there before the season is. He'll be up. They'll be there in April. Um, so nine out of what is it, forty or so on the on the list. So about twenty five percent. But it's, but as you said, you know, you you know, Rewalt, Robbie Tarrant may be in his. This might be his last year as well. You know. Yeah. And again, and I and I and I hope you know people can play as long as they're 
wanting to play and can be effective. You know, that's, you know, well, that's, that's not, it. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say that's it. It's a, as if, I think as as long as they know in their head that they're gonna have an impact and still go out there and play a very good level of football, then mm-hmm. by all means, I want to see players play till they're forty if that was possible. I think the obviously yeah. the impact of our game doesn't allow that right, with right. players, unfortunately. But yeah, the longer the players can stay out there, the better. I think where the way the game is headed as well with the recovery, the style of football that we're playing, I think it's allowing players to play longer, which we're mm-hmm. starting to see now, which is a which is brilliant. Um, but yeah, we've got a little bit to go, I think, in that space. Well, and I and I think that you know sides are developing enough now where, you know, you you started to notice where there are a number of clubs that will, will get a youngster, a game here or there, you know, allow you know maybe giving somebody a little bit of rest to help keep them fresh, especially somebody who's on you know, towards the tail end of their career. Maybe that they they get a a week off against maybe what they perceive to be a lesser club. Yeah. Um, whatever the case may be, or maybe somebody who is not a good matchup for them, you know, whatever, whatever reason or another, you know, and it might lead to a player being able to play a little bit longer, you know, cause you know, we talked about that with Sydney, you know, the, you know, they were discussing, you know, how many, how many games will buddy rest this year. And I, and I brought up, I brought up a point during their discussion. I said, well, with the change in the, in the rules this year, in terms of bringing on the, the meta sub, I mean, that can be used rather strategically. And I said to them, I, I said, well, what happens then if, you know, if you're wanting to you know, make sure Buddy is fresh, what if your club gets out to say a four or five goal halftime lead? Do you bring in that 23rd guy and replace Buddy at halftime and have him sit the rest of the game where they've got, you know, you've got a, you know, a four or five goal lead where you're hoping that the rest of the club can maintain that and you're keeping him fresh where he can come out and be strong again in the first half of the following game. Yeah, and I, I think it will be used a lot next year. And I, I'm I watch the uh, the NBA quite a bit as well over there, and I've noticed that with their big stars, I mean, some especially some of the older blokes. I mean, you look at LeBron James; he's still doing incredible things. But yeah. if the, the Lakers haven't done it very often this year, but if they've broken out to a fairly big lead in the last quarter, they'll do that. They'll they'll rest these star players and keep them fresh, ready to go for the next game or the game after right, that. Right. And I think we're going to start to see that now too, especially with this substitute rule, the way it's working out. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to, I want to see this happen with players like Dion Prestia, Trent Cochin, blokes that have had injuries over the last few seasons that have kept them out for long periods of time. I think we can limit the amount of game time they have without it impacting us as a side. I think that'll be uh, brilliant come finals time if we if we're there, which we should be. Yeah. So, who do you see pushing their you know pushing their way into the twenty two that maybe hasn't been there consistently yet? Who do you think that's going to be telling? uh demo you know what go ahead and write my name in ink on that magnet because i'm going to be going out there every week based upon my performance who do you think is going to be doing that this year for him i think the man you mentioned earlier hugo ralph smith is going to be putting his hand up to play because i know he played a fair bit of footy but he wasn't that in that consistent top 22 Mm -hmm. i think he's going to find his way in whether that's on a wing or a half back i think he has to he has to put his hand up and i think he's too good to not have included in that side so i think He's one for me. Um, if I had to pick another player, I would love to say somebody like a Jack Ross who he's, he's played some decent footy. I think he's probably been put out of position a little bit over the last couple of seasons. It's going to be hard with the midfield we've now got, but I think from what I've seen from preseason and what he brought late last season when he was getting opportunities, I think he's going to be uh, a real talent if we um, we utilize him the way I think we should. So he'd be another one I'd love to see put his hand up. Okay. Now, what... 
what bold prediction do you have for the club that you know that you might be the only one going out on the limb making this prediction about the side? What 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 is something that you're thinking? Okay, I'm I think this is going to happen, and maybe not a lot of people are going to agree with me. Oh, well, I mean, Premiership would be the obvious one. Um, that would be the that's, obvious that's, one, but I don't that's know. That's fair enough. Yeah, that and and that you know what, and that's something that one a lot of people might be saying. But yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't know how bold necessarily that is. I mean, for me, it's. Right. Uh, I'd love to say it, but yeah, some people might not say it's too bold. Um, a bold prediction. I think. Oh, it's really. This has stumped me. Actually, this is a really good question. I've. Uh, I think. Um, I think we'll be one of the. I think we'll, again, we'll probably be the highest scoring team in the competition. I think I like the way our four line gels together, and I think we will finish top four. So whether that's bold or not, I think we're going to okay. be yeah. Top top four, but with a really hard team to stop scoring. I don't know if that's too bold or not, but no, that's fine. Um, that's fine. Um, so uh, the uh, season has come to an end in 2023 for the Tigers. Whatever round that happens, whatever round of finals that happens, what is the headline in the Herald Sun the day after their final game? And keep in mind, Robo probably wrote the headline. Um, so what's the... <laughs> so... <laughs> uh, I, I couldn't ever if he's written the headline i've got no idea i've got okay. absolutely no okay, idea so, so maybe maybe somebody edited it down what, what's the headline after their last game yeah yeah uh headline after the last game dustin martin wins his fourth norm smith medal <laughs> oh i like that i like that that's uh yeah, I'd I'd love to say that. Okay, I'd love to say that. Okay, I I don't know if it will be, but that that'd be that'd be the dream. That'd be the dream headline the next day. Now I uh trying to see who. Um, I was thinking that you know maybe there'd be a uh, a picture of uh of you know Dusty Martin and Jack Rewalt if if they win the premiership, the two of them hoisting the cup, and you know Dusty's won the Norm Smith, and it's you know eight aces and eights. You know, kind of like the you know that might, maybe that would be a good one. I don't know. I like that. I actually, I like that a lot. <laughs> that, that, there you go. So you've got better ideas than me with this stuff. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Well, it's I, I I joke with my kids at school. I tell them I said, you know, from 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 the neck down, I'm like a sloth. I'm really really slow, but from the neck from the neck up, I'm kind of like Usain Bolt. Uh... Very quick. <laughs> very very quick. Yeah. It, it took me about two minutes after chatting to you to pick that up as well. So. So, um, what other club do you see making their way into the eight and or possibly falling out of the eight this year? I think the obvious one, and I know my partner in the next room is probably listening is going to love this one. But Carlton has to be the team that pushes into the eight, and okay, even even a good chance at top four. I think with their list, I think they they really should have played finals last year. So I think they're only going to get better. And from what I've seen preseason as well, they're doing good things. So Carlton for me will push into the eight. Team that pushes out, it the, the like I said before, the competition is so even. It could really right, be anybody. Right. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to see it be Collingwood, for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. And I think the fact that they won so many games by about a goal or less. Yeah. If those results go the other way and that they lose by a goal or less, kind of like we did in a lot of games last uh-huh. year, it could be a completely different story for the Pies. So yeah, as good as they did last year in, in close situations when the game got tight. Um, it'll be very interesting to see if they can do that again and replicate what they did or even, you know, 
get even bigger leads in the game. So they yeah. could be a team that pushes out of the out of the eight, but then it could be somebody like Fremantle as well. I don't know. I'm going to say Collingwood because I'd like okay. to see it. Yeah. I mean, they won they won nine games by a combined 43 points last year. So less than five points a game. I mean, that was well, – yeah. I mean, you talk there about you, being, you talk about you know dancing on the edge of the, at the edge of a blade right there, and uh, yeah, I don't know how Collingwood supporters did it. Their heart, if I, that was my my heart, would have exploded watching all those games last oh, year. And then, well, they've got to be pretty heart healthy now, I would imagine. Well, by now they didn't be strong. Exactly, absolutely. Yeah, yeah that, so. that resilience they would have built was uh, is crazy. And and some of the teams they were beating by less than a kick too were. I mean, one of them that comes to mind was Essendon with a goal after the siren. I mean, mm-hmm. Essendon weren't anything special last year. So they're only just beating some teams like this. It'll be, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see how they go next year. Yep, I think you're right. So are you ready for a handful of trivia questions before we wrap up here? Let's do it. Let's okay. do it. All right. The first question, these five players, all of them played at least 17 games last year, averaged at least 20 disposals for the club. Ooh. All right, let's have a let's have a guess here. I'm gonna go Jaden Short. Uh-huh. So they all they all also averaged 20 disposals, did they? Sorry. They played 17 games and averaged yep. 20 at least 17 and averaged 20 disposals. Yes. Yeah, okay. Jaden Short, Hamden McIntosh. No. Hmm. Marlon Pickett? Right here. Mm-mm. Oh, now I'm stumped. Who, uh, who would have got <laughs> Who Now I'm sorry. Daniel Rioli, would he have been one? Daniel Rioli's number two, yep. Number two, yep. Well, he's right, number so five on the list, but he's the second one, yeah. That's right. Well, I've got two now. So I've got mm-hmm. Short, Rioli. Um, We've mentioned two of the other people, but not the third one that you Trent, haven't got. Trent Cochin. That's one. Trent Cochin. Um, did Prestia play enough Pre- football last he did. year? He did. He did. He did. He was over 20, so you've got one more. One more. Ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, okay. Yeah, one okay. more. I'm trying to think who – oh, Shea Bolton. No, oh, she probably didn't get enough disposals. Um, the defender. Nathan Broad? Nick Lawson. Ah, oh, yes. Yep, yep. Of course. Of course. Not bad, though. Not bad. You got four That's out of five. Too bad. I had to think. I had to think about that one. It was good. What's well, okay. And, so, you know, people have told me, they said, well, if I had the list in front of me, I probably would do – I'd probably do. I'd probably get them. And I said, "Well, I don't care if you have the list in front of me. What What am I going to do? Am I going to Am I going to travel fifteen thousand kilometers in in a matter of five minutes, you know, and pull a list away from you there? How the hell am I going to do that?" Yeah. I, I, I was half I was half waiting for you to disappear off your screen and then kick down my door over here and come across. And I thought I'll, I'll try to do it off the top of my head and see. Yeah. I'm testing. That's, this is a test for myself as well here, so I'm trying okay. to do it yeah. off the top of my head. And this is, and this is simply for for fun. This is not, you know, this is there's there's no prizes involved or anything like that. And, you know, there's uh, you know, Lad Brooks is not going to be coming into the door and going, "Hey, we want our money." It's nothing like that <laughs> going on. So, um, so this no, player, exactly. yeah, this player who played 19 games had the lowest effective disposal percentage for the club. Ooh. Played 19 games. Played 19 lowest. games. So he was sloppy with the ball last year. Yeah, who turns the ball over? We've got a few of those, unfortunately, that turn the ball over a little bit. <laughs> oh. I was surprised by this one, actually. Is it is it Shay? Shay Bob? No. I think you've stumped me here. You might have to tell me this one. Trent Cotchin. Ooh, okay. Six sixty point five percent. 
now you say it, it doesn't surprise me as much as I think it should. But <laughs> now you say it, I can I think back. I think, yeah, he is a little bit tired. I'm gonna I'm putting it down to tired legs. There you go. There you go. All right. Now we may be getting we may be going back a little bit in time here, but I recognize a few of these names. But these five players have played at least 300 games for the Tigers. All right. So this is um all time. All time. Yeah, all time. Yep. There's five of them. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh well, Kevin Bartlett is the mm-hmm. obvious one. Yep. Uh Shane Edwards. Yep. 303. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just got over the line. Uh was Jack Dyer one? Did Jack, Jack Dyer, Dyer 311? Yep. Yes. Uh, so I got three. Mm-hmm. Um who else? Who else? You're gonna you're gonna kick yourself if you don't get that you know one of these at least because I know I know yeah. is Jack Jack played his three hundredth Jack, Jack Rewall he's at three twenty six yep yeah I thought so I'm yep. okay, okay so I've got four now I've got one got, more to go number the the fifth one is on it finished on three hundred even three hundred even okay mm-hmm. um who retired on three hundred games and I need to look and see when he uh um okay he. He left the Tigers, well, before you were born. He left the Tigers in 1981. He finished playing in 1981. 1981. Oh, I think I know the name as well, but it won't spring to my head. Oh, it, 1981. You want it? No, I'm going to kick myself. I'm going to kick myself. The first initial is an F. Francis Burke. Yep. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Okay, I knew I knew job. I had the name in my head, but good job. I needed that clue. Thank you. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, um, this player led the club with ninety-one and a half percent time on ground during his twenty games last year. Ninety-one. So he spent ninety. Yeah, you know, for he yeah he was ninety-one and a half percent of the the games he played, and he was on the grounds. Yeah. I'm automatically going towards either a key defender or a key forward because I feel like they don't rest as much. It is a defender. Would it be Robbie Tarrant? It is. It is. Yep. I'm proud of that one. I'm really proud of that one. (laughs) Now, uh, which club have the Tigers overall defeated the most times in their history? And they've beaten them 114 times. I would love it to be Essendon. It's not Essendon, though, it is it? It's not Essendon, huh? I would have loved it to have been Essendon. 114 times. I don't think. It's not North Melbourne or something, is it? I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you a, a clue. Okay. Cousin. West Coast. Oh no, you're thinking like Ben Cousin. No, no, no. I, oh, I St. Like Kilda a, then. St. Yes. Kilda? Yes, I was yes. I was doing Rewalt Cousin there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I thought about that. I thought because you didn't say cousins with the S on the end. I thought, no, I was probably a silly guess on my behalf. No, I don't mind that. St. Kilda. All okay. right, I'll take that. I'll take that. Now, who's defeated the Tigers the most times? No. Oh, don't tell me, Carlton. It is Carlton. 126, oh, 100, no. 126 times. I had a feeling it was going to be then. I had a yep. feeling. Yep. Damn. All right. Now we've got one, two, three. We have three questions left. I've already asked you the fourth question. We're not going to ask that one on air, but I, I loved that question, by the way. And that's <laughs> um I get yeah. that one a bit, so I'm used to okay. it. Okay. Okay. This player led the Tigers with an average of 6.8 one percenters per game. 
6.81 percenters. Which this I, is I, for last season, obviously. Last season, yes. I love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I love that stat. I it, it I think you could almost call that the do the right thing stat. I'm the I'm the biggest fan of the one percenters because they they go so unrecognized, but they're so useful mm-hmm. as well at the same time. Now he played uh, twenty he played twenty games last year. No, so he played most of the season. One percenters, who's really good at the little ones? No, I think you've stumped me with another one. You've stumped me again. It, it helps. It helps if you're out there a lot. Yeah, that is true. So, it wasn't so, Robbie? Was it? Yes, it was. It <laughs> yep, was Robbie Town again. Yeah. Yep. Thank you for that clue. That, that was a beautiful clue. <laughs> now, I love that. This this 23 gamer led the Tigers with an average of 583 meters gained per game in 2022. Jaden Shaw? Yes, it was. Yeah. Yeah. As soon yeah. as you said meters gained, he's, he's always our number one or he's always right up there. Okay. Now, I like this question because this this goes back this goes back a little bit, but not too far. Okay. okay. Before, before Jack Rewalt and Tom Lynch put a stranglehold on being the leading goal kicker for the Tigers, this man was the last Tiger to lead the club in goals kicked in 2009. He kicked 41 goals, 26 behinds. Matthew Richardson? Mm-mm. And this was in 2009, was it? 2009, yes, sir. Okay, so it wasn't Jack. It was obviously not Lynch. Who was 2009? Who was kicking out goals? I'm going to get this one. It'll come to me. It'll come to me. So it wasn't Richo. Who was our key forward in 2000? Or who was a forward in 2009? Hmm. No. Okay, I will give you a hint. Uh, yeah, a little hint might help. One, one of his initials is an M. Is an M. Okay. M as M as in magpie. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All the words you could have found with M, yes. you went with magpie. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I, I could have said Marvel. That, yeah, that would have been one. That would have been one. And, had I, and, had, I, and had I thought of it, I would have. <laughs> you snuck a Marvel gag in there. I knew you would. I knew you would. Uh, it wasn't Jordan McMahon, was it? His other no. initial is also an M. M.M. Mitch Morton. Yes, Mitch Morton. Wow. Yep. I, would not have, I wouldn't have thought Mitch Morton. There you go. And uh, Rewalt uh, was, was, was second uh, that year. He was second that year with 32. Yeah, I think that might have only been his second or third season back in 2009. Mitch Morton was one I was really happy for because after he lost his opportunity at Richmond. And then the year after he left, he went to Sydney and he won a premiership the next season. It was one of those feel-good stories with Mitch Morton. Outstanding. Outstanding. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah. So, um, Quinn, where can people find – Tell us first of all, tell us about your podcast and then where can people find it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so Pressure Point Podcast is – I do it with my uh, good friend and – uh, brother-in-law Marcus so it was classic it was lockdown 2020 we both knew each other for a few years and all we spoke about was footy I thought why don't we just put a microphone in front of us and let other people tune in so that's mm-hmm. kind of what we did and now it's it's grown um which has been awesome it's been a lot of fun so we, we just talk pretty much all footy it's all we do is it's just purely a AFL podcast we've normally done previews and reviews and all that for the rounds as well as having some guests so we've had a lot of ex-players on which has been Mm-hmm. incredible it's been great fun speaking to a lot of guys that i grew up sort of idolizing or my, you know my family grew up idolizing as well so it's been a lot of fun 
going hopefully down a bit of a different direction this year. And now Marcus and I have both expanded pressure point. We've got, I've got now a bit of a Richmond fan channel growing called Tiger Den and Marcus has got one um, for a Carlton side of things as well. So going alongside Terry there with his Carlton channel too. So there's a bit going on there in that space, but yeah, you can find us um, on Instagram and Facebook and all that at pressure point media. Um, okay. And we're on Spotify and all that sort of good stuff as well for the podcast and on YouTube and same thing, pressure point media and, yeah, it's all just been a, a bit of a whirlwind, having a bit of fun with it all, and we're not we're not killing the world at the moment with um, listenership and all that, but we're growing. It's gotten better and better every year, and excited to where we're going to take it. If you're having fun with it, and you're you know it's something you're passionate about, you know, again, I'm I I I think a lot of people think you know that folks like me that I'm a novelty, or you know, it's like you know, oh, he's an American. What the hell does he know about it? And hopefully, mm. hopefully, I'm maybe. Sh- maybe people will check it out and say, Hey, okay. Maybe he kind of does know a little bit about what he's talking about, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe the well, lights on the, maybe the lights on the goalpost thing will help. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be, that's going to send you a long way. And i tell you what, from talking, from talking to you today and even obviously in the lead up, listening to your last um, few episodes over the last couple of days as well to sort of prepare myself, I thought it, I wouldn't have known that you only started supporting a handful of years ago. It sounds like you've been watching from the day you were born and, the passion that you've got for the game as well, considering you didn't grow up with it is um, yeah. it's crazy. And I love seeing it because it's, it's, it, it baffled me when I've traveled a fair bit, which I've been lucky to do over the last few years and going to different countries and, you know, mm-hmm. United States being one of them. And I tell some people that, cause I, I play locally football as well. So I, you know, tell people that I play and go, oh, what sport is that? And the fact that it's, I'm obviously sheltered here in Melbourne being the hub of footy as well, but the fact that a lot of people around the world have never even heard of the game right, right. Um, is beyond me. And I know you've said it before and I agree wholeheartedly that it is the greatest game on earth. So I, I think I'm so. glad to see yeah. it spreading and I'm glad to see someone like yourself um, doing yeah. great things in this space. So it's, yeah, it's awesome. It's you absolutely know, I, awesome. I mean, I joke about, I joke about soccer being a communist sport because they don't let you use all your body parts. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you will not use all those parts of your body. Keep it down to your side. <laughs> there, there, there's the Usain Bolt half of your body going again. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I watch, I announce the soccer for our high school teams, but I, I other than that, I don't watch soccer. I mean, I don't, yeah, uh, yeah, I, it's just, it's, I, to me, footy is way too exciting. I mean, I, and I, I would rather watch, you know, as far as the NFL, I watched, you know, I'm a Browns fan. I watched the Browns play. That's it. Which yeah. means I'm, which means I should have been a St. Kilda supporter because they've been awful for so darn long. It's just I can't have that epiphany. You know, then I, when I realized, you know, they had one premiership ever. You know, the Browns haven't won since I was a year old, and I'll be sixty this year. Yeah, that's the last yeah, time they yeah. won a championship. You know, the, the the baseball team here, the Cleveland, they're, they're now the Guardians, used to be the Indians. They haven't won since nineteen forty eight. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I always look at I always look at St Kilda. Uh, put it into perspective that the last time they won their premiership was the year my dad was born, mm-hmm. and he'll be fifty seven this year. So I look at it like that, and I think, yeah, okay, it's been a long well, time. And I and and as I was telling you, I said you know the most that most most recent episode I put out was about the twenty ten grand final, where I I you know I went back and watched that, and it was just like I can't I can't imagine how exasperated the St. Kilda supporters were, were in that game because, you know, they were just millimeters away from winning that premiership in the first game, you know, Rewalt's kick. If he just puts, you know, if he has, you know, another half a percent of energy in his system, he kicks that ball past the, the, uh, the, the save right at the goal line, you know, the, the ball that bounces and takes a hard right bounce as the guy's getting ready to pick it up in front of the, uh, 
yeah, right off the goal square and put it through for an easy goal with about a minute left. And it just takes a right turn on him. And it's, you know, I guess, you know, the whole never trust a share. And that line had to come from that exact moment in time. Yeah, it's yeah. it's bizarre the way footy works. And I, I'm a big believer in the footy gods. And for whatever <laughs> reason, they don't, they don't want St. Kilda to be successful at the moment. So I don't know what for what reason, but... When that time comes, you know, it'll you, come. You mentioned footy gods, and again, I, I'm I'm just hypothetical here. Do you do you think that? And I'm not advocating this at all. So St. Kilda fans, don't come at me about this. But <laughs> if if they if they change the name to something else, and I'm not advocating this, if they took the the religious connotation away from it, would they win again? I don't know because you know people claim that the the Cleveland Brown Stadium where it's located that was that there was an an Indian burial ground under it at one time. A Native American burial wow. ground, and that people that somebody had cursed that ground. Absolutely, I think yeah. I think more so if they they could if they change it from instead of being the St Kilda Saints, if they change their mascot potentially to something else. Because I do I do like the way that um, the club, like a lot of teams as well, like Richmond, Collingwood, Carlton, St Kilda, they're, they're all named after suburbs and and, um, mm-hmm. and areas in Melbourne and St Kilda. Is um, oh, it's a fantastic spot. If you ever come to Melbourne, St Kilda is a place you have to check out. So mm-hmm. they are reckon if they change the Saints side of things and they, yeah, got rid of that religious aspect, maybe the footy gods would look down upon well, them a bit differently. If it if it's a great place to hang out, and again, I mean, it'd be, it'd be a real turn of the phrase there. Would they we call the St Kilda sinners? I mean, if you went the other direction with it, I mean, and again, well, not at, not advocating that at all, but I just you know, it's. I don't it know. is funny you say that because some of the. Uh, for those in Melbourne, especially, will know some of the uh, activities that, uh, <laughs> that, that that take place in the suburb of St Kilda past, uh, you know, past dark, or uh, could be considered quite, um, yeah, qu- quite sinful. So it's uh, it's interesting you, you mentioned the St Kilda sinners, but okay. yes, I think a name change could be in order just for the footy gods okay. to maybe take a, you know, have a bit more favour upon them. Yes, and I and I that just came off the top of my head. I don't have that written down in my notes. Again, if you're a St Kilda supporter, <laughs> I'm not advocating a name change. I just my baseball local baseball team just went through a name change this past year. They, they went, you know, they, the team had been named after one of their players who happened to be native American who played for them back around the turn of the last century. And they named, they changed the name to be named after a couple of statues that are on one of the bridges in town. Yeah. So they, they went from the, Indian, the Indians to the guardians. I'm not, I don't feel bad about not having watched them for three years. And again, I'm not saying they had to keep the old other name, but uh, I'm so glad I've discovered footy. So, Hey Quinn, oh, me too. this has been, yeah, I, thank you. I appreciate that. This has been a heck of a lot of fun, sir. You know, I, I absolutely, you know, I wish you the, the absolute best of luck this year, of course. And unless it's the week that they happen to be playing the cats, you know, again, I, I have to just be honest there, you know, so that was what, That's round, fair enough. That's round 15. Oh, hey, that one's at the MCG. Um, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> well, again, as we said, it would be it would be dumb for the comp to send, you know, big clubs to go play at another facility. Yeah, if, yeah. even like with the thing they're doing in Adelaide this year, and I guess I'd have to look a little bit more closely at the schedule. But if they if they put a Carlton Richmond, a Carlton Essendon, a Richmond Essendon game there. I think they're doing themselves a huge disservice in terms of putting butts in seats. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, and, and I, so it's, yeah, I'm, yeah, but it's, uh, (laughs) I love your game and I'm so glad that, that, that people like yourself have been generous with their time and, and have tolerated my, you know, 
figuring things out on the fly and that sort of thing as we're going along here. Cause I'm, I'm trying to get as up to speed as I can with it, but it's, it, I, I, I say it because I mean it, this is the greatest game on the planet. Yeah. I just, I wish oh, I had, just, I wish I discovered it earlier, but I'm, I'm glad that I found it now. Hands down. It's it. I, I can't, couldn't agree more with that statement. And I, I'm excited for you to get down to Melbourne one day or anywhere in Australia and check out a, a couple of games live. Cause it'll, uh, it'll be life changing. I think so. Yeah. I, um, yeah really, yeah. really excited well, for you. Well, may, it may very well be based upon the conversation my wife and I had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> might be like yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So, hey, uh, <laughs> Quinn, I appreciate it again, man. Thanks so much for coming on. No, absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for you having bet. me. You bet. You bet. Cheers, sir. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, Quinn. Thanks so very much for uh, talking with me today and taking time to sit down and chat. And hopefully, I didn't. Uh, take the piss out of you too much there uh, a little bit off air as we got started um all in fun I, I, you know it's uh just absolutely love uh giving people a little bit of a hard time about that sort of thing now ladies and gentlemen don't forget that you can find everything about my podcast over at my website ayankonthefooty.com i do hope you'll sign up for the mailing list if you enjoy the podcast if you're a first time listener i invite you to go back and check out uh previous episodes i have done dozens and dozens of interviews with uh people involved with the game uh, former professional players people involved with local clubs supporters who were telling me about their their most memorable game uh other podcasts and that type of thing i, in, I invite you to go back and uh kind of take a peek at the uh the catalog of episodes and see if there's something that you like I do also hope you'll uh, consider, if you enjoy the show, leaving me a review. You can do that at my website. There's a review button up at the top where you can clink on, clink. You can, yes, I have watched Hogan's Heroes all the way through several times. You can click on the review button and it'll take you either to the Apple Podcast or Spotify where you can leave a review or you can leave one right on the website if you'd like to do that. If you want to help out the podcast, you can certainly click on that buy me a coffee button. Uh, anything that comes into the podcast gets turned right back around to help keep the lights on, to help grow the podcast. Uh, I truly appreciate those of you who have, who have uh, helped out in that way. And if you're interested in being a guest or you know somebody who would be a great guest, drop me a note as well because I am always looking for great guests. And quite frankly, I'm probably not going to run into too many uh, prospective footy guests at my local coffee shop because I'm 15,000 kilometers away. Ladies and gentlemen, please look out for yourself. Check in with your friends. Make sure they're okay. Let them know that you're okay. If you need to talk to somebody, I have all those numbers uh, listed here for both the United States and for Australia. The Beyond Blue number is there. Please reach out to people. And if you need to talk to people, please go ahead and do that. I appreciate the kind words that I've received from so many of you. I cannot thank you enough. This is a, a labor of love. I, I, I truly enjoy this game that you are sharing with me. And I cannot thank you enough for doing that. And if you're a first-time listener, I end every episode the same way. And uh, if you are a returning listener, well, here it comes again. Ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 234 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook. Just search out 
uh, Yank on the Footy podcast or Yank on the Footy. Or on Facebook, you can find my name, Craig Wessels. I am there as well. I appreciate you listening. I do hope you'll share the episode with your friends and family. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.